Hey guys, and welcome to episode two of Storming Fitness webinar series. I uh, hope you enjoyed number one. If you've got any questions, send me an inbox or an email. Um, today, we are going to be interviewing and chatting with Devia from ABC of Nutrition. So very awesome guest to have in. Uh, Devia and myself have known each other for quite a few years now and done a fair bit of collaboration work with online programming and challenges and things like that. Uh, so without further ado, uh, Devia, how did you get into what you do? What did you study and what led you to your industry, I guess? Thanks, Dean. Um, so what, what got me to where I wanted to be or where I am now, uh, it all started in year nine with um, a home economics teacher. Um, (laughs) I was very interested in all the education we got then in terms of food and how uh, food can give you nutrition. I always thought she was a nutritionist and that led me to wanting to take up that career later in life as well. But once I finished school and got into uni, I went to visit her, I actually realised she wasn't a nutritionist. So um i i got in on um you know a reason uh, you know wanted to follow someone who i really admired but it led me to somewhere even better so it took me a long time so six years of university yep yep three years doing a bachelor's degree in human nutrition one year doing honors research in gestational diabetes in uh south indian uh, women and then two years of a master's in dietetic practice degree all at La Trobe University so six long years um, and I always had a passion for helping the community and I did actually start out in a gym um, very early on in my career as a nutritionist first and then later transitioning into a dietitian so I'm really passionate about helping people around me, um, anything I can do to help improve the quality of life. Beautiful. So lots, lots and lots of study, not just a, a quick course, six years of, of hard study. Definitely not a quick course. Yeah. Yes, it felt never ending at the time. Yes, I think, but uh, the benefits outweigh it once you finish everything. I, I know when I studied, not, definitely not as long as you did, but um, at the time it's so, it's so hard to get into the rhythm. But that day you finish, it's like, yeah, this is awesome. This is what I want to do. And and get the ball rolling. Yeah. Awesome. So in your industry, what's the one thing you like to see yourself promoting? Um, I, I guess your, your mantra or, or how you go about it. Yep. So I always say, let's keep it simple. Nutritious eating doesn't have to be hard. And the reason why I'm saying nutritious eating and not healthy eating is because my aim is to help reduce that stress and that burden we give ourselves uh that pressure we put ourselves under when we think we have to eat good or we eat bad or i was really bad today and i ate junk food and i'm not eating healthy um it's really about keeping the message simple and not putting that extra pressure on yourself which usually ends up making things worse and turns into the bad decisions start from the basics (laughs) yes exactly and that's perfect. And, that's, and for me, that's exactly how I, I talk to my clients too. It's, it's, it's about flexible, um, not beating yourself up if you do have a bad meal. And let's be honest, everyone eats bad every now and then. So it's not, you know, we're not perfect, is it? 
Yeah, and it's also just coming to the realisation that eating something doesn't actually make you a good or bad person. Exactly Eating right. a specific food isn't going to change who you are, but it does change uh, how you act after that. So you might, I don't know if anyone here can relate, but if you thought, yep, I'll have one Tim Tam today, and that's all good. But then you realized that, you know, oh, I've had such a good week and I didn't have any Tim Tams and now I've had one. I might as well finish the whole packet. Yeah. That's the kind of thing I'm trying to avoid people feeling is that, okay, well, if you had felt okay about just having that one Tim Tam and stopped there and thought, yep, I've had my Tim Tam, all good, onto the next thing that I've got to do, um, it would have stopped yourself from having the whole packet that was yeah. followed by guilt. Yeah, and I think yeah, a lot of comes down to self-control, isn't it? So you got to, I guess, work out if you're a person who has a lot of self-control, or if if you're a person who doesn't, and you need to find different ways about attacking that sort of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. So that, that, that's that's really good info. I liked a couple of things you said in there, um, especially about how you feel, and it, it doesn't turn you into a bad person or a good person from what you actually eat, but it can change how you feel and react to, to different things. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So a big one at the moment, obviously being in lockdown um, at the moment due to COVID-19 uh, with everything going on out there, there's a lot of interest in immunity. Um, have you got any suggestions on, on how eating can help, um, especially while we're all locked up and we can't really go about our normal life? Yeah. So it's a challenging one. Um, and a lot of people tend to go for specific nutrients or vitamins to target immunity um there is some evidence to suggest that you know certain levels of vitamin c can improve immunity but as a vitamin itself away from the actual foods we don't know if that is enhancing immunity what research does suggest though is that we know including a large amount of vegetables variety vegetables fruits um, and whole grains can help in keeping us well overall and therefore improve our immunity. There also has been research to suggest that probiotics can help with immunity by reducing our um, inflammation within the body. So it helps keep us strong from within. And this could be in the form of natural foods, for example, you know, your yogurts, people like kombucha, um, there's all different fermented foods. And then there's, of course, powders, tablets, um, probiotic solutions, which you can buy, your cooled, those sorts of things. Yeah. When you, when you say um, probiotics, general, D, yeah. sorry to interrupt yeah. you, but when you say probiotics, just for people who don't understand what they are, what, what are probiotics and what do they actually do? Yeah. So very good question. There is probiotics, which is basically live bacteria. It goes through the gut um, and helps uh, change the overall gut biome or the, the good makeup of bacteria that we've got in the gut. And that is now being linked more and more. And there's more research coming in this space um, that it's sort of like an underlying basis of overall health. So it's now there's more research emerging, not only with immunity, but mental health, for example, um, you know, any gastro intestinal symptoms like IBS, that sort of thing. We're finding that probiotics is coming up more and more and that's supported by research. There is also something called prebiotics, 
Pre, what was that? Just prebiotics? in case you wanted to differentiate between the two. Yes, yeah. prebiotics is not live bacteria. Prebiotics is the food that helps feed that live bacteria in gut. And that's basically found in the fiber um, of, you know, fruits and vegetable skins, uh, high fiber foods, um, and you might even be able to get it in a supplement form. So yep. prebiotics is not live. It's basically the food that the bacteria eat. And probiotics is a good bacteria that we want to make up mostly in our gut. Yep. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. I know. For myself, I, I had um, a lot of issues with, with IBS. Um, and I know for me, like stress was a massive factor um, when I was at uni through exams yeah. times. Like as soon as I got on that train, I would start to cramp up and, and a lot of things. So I, um, the biggest thing I did for me was, was to fix the nutrition up. Um, yeah. And I, I did get to, I saw a doctor about it and they, they did mention probiotics. It's going back quite a few years now, but um, just simply fixing up the nutrition really helped and mental, mental health wise. Um, I felt less stressed during exams and I felt really good. Um, just basically general life felt really good. So yeah. Yeah. And that's a good point you bring up because actually the gut and the mind um, specifically stress, they link up really well together. So um, you might be feeling stressed out and it ends up um, showing up as symptoms of the stomach and vice versa, you know? So the, if there is no good balance, then it can also end up making you feel stressed and stress can also end up changing the balance. So they go hand in hand together. Yeah. So general consensus sort of for, for people while they're in lockdown, um, sort of get onto the fresh fruits, fresh, more fresh foods and, and things like that. Yeah. And then, of course, if, you know, I know there's a little bit of difficulty sometimes, especially at the moment, getting exactly what you go out for. Yep. If that's something that you're struggling with, then you can look for other options that are out there. And I'm also happy to help with that. Awesome. Awesome. So if you have probiotic questions, uh, you can shoot Devia a message as well. We'll go through the social media stuff at the end. Um, yeah. So I just want to... Yep also um, mention that in terms of improving immunity, uh, reducing smoking, reducing your intake of alcohol and increasing your exercise are also known um, uh, evidence-based approaches to help improve the immunity. So just a whole approach, I guess. Awesome. So pretty, pretty much just simply looking after your body a bit better, isn't it? Just taking away those yeah. negative negative things that we generally know are bad and the things we know are good and, and implementing them. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So let's take it back a bit. Um, Cause a lot of, a lot of my guys, we, we go through calorie um, when we, when we talk nutrition and stuff, I, I set my guys up on a calorie deficit or surplus, whatever, whatever their goal is. Um, what, what are your thoughts on the calorie calorie, I, I don't like saying the word diet, but I'm, I almost said it then, um, calorie <laughs> nutrition plan, I guess. Yeah. So I guess we know going back years and years ago that um, restricting or not restricting your calorie intake can lead to weight loss and other, other things or weight gain if you're wanting to go for weight gain. Um, and it's pretty simple, you know, energy in versus energy out. That's how it all works. However, there is uh, more wholesome ways to now include things within your lifestyle to, to get to where your goals uh, are at. So 
it is one way to do it, but it's not a way that is used very often in the dietetic world. Um, however, you know, we do have the tools and we are equipped to, to go through that if, if that's what's required by the person who comes to us. So it, it's an approach that we don't use as much, but we can see that it can help. Um, but what you do after that is also very important because there's only so long you can be on a calorie controlled diet. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think, especially myself, like in, in the fitness industry, a lot of, a lot of gyms and trainers and that do give the calorie deficit diets. Um, and I think where a lot of them fall uh, into the trap of is having the client or the member on a deficit basically forever for their whole duration of the, of the time they train. Whereas what I look to do is I put everyone on a deficit to start because I find a lot of people aren't eating enough and that that's, this is just my way of doing it. Um, and once we start to see some results, we play around with adding more calories in playing around with the macros and things like that. But I definitely know from experience that um, people like to get stuck in the deficit and not really leave it because they feel it's like almost a safe zone. Mm, yeah. So it's important to take into consideration the transition period and what you're going to do after this and how you're going to go about it. Macronutrients are essential nutrients. So it's your fats, your proteins, your carbohydrates, and then there's the alcohol, which is on the side, I guess. We don't usually look at that. Yep. Um, and the amount that you specifically need is dependent on your lifestyle, how much activity you do and things like that. So there's lots of variable factors, um, but it really depends person to person, you know, what's going to suit them best. Cool. So I know I've talked about talked to you about this one in the past, um, but while we're on the topic of macros, with, with protein as a specific example, obviously a lot of guys in the gym, ladies too, who want to put on muscle, we hit the protein quite hard, powders, and we generally, if we're doing a strength phase, we might go higher in the percentage of protein. Um, yeah in the belief of, of building the muscle. I, I chatted to you a while back and we talked about the long-term effects of excessive protein. Um, what are yes. your, what's your take on protein, having too much of it, not having enough, uh, your, your thoughts? Yeah. So generally speaking, Australians as a population, we tend to have more than what we need. Um, most protein requirements are about two and a half serves a day. Um, and it's not very hard to get that. So an equivalent of two and a half serves might be, say, two eggs, 60 grams cooked red meat, and maybe a small handful of nuts. That's, that's actually three servings of yep. protein. Um, there is recommendations for people who do do continuous physical activity, including weightlifting for more than an hour, their requirements or, you know, an athlete might require a little bit more because the protein is essentially the building block of the muscle. Um, long term, there is lots of research out there to suggest that if you do continuously have more protein than what you need, it can actually have a negative impact on your kidneys because it puts your kidneys under strain. So it's something to keep in mind. There are people who might not be having enough protein and people who are on specific diets or vegetarians or vegans who don't include a variety, they might be at more risk of this. Um, and people who generally don't eat much other source of protein, they also might be at risk. But our requirements aren't really that high as we would normally assume. Yeah. 
Yeah, perfect. Um, and yeah. I think people just go on what they read on the internet, especially with, you know, 9 million trainers out there. They've all got their own theory. But generally, I think in the gym industry, it's like protein, 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 yeah. build your muscles, build your muscles. So it's good to hear that, that side of things. And I think that'll make people really sort of... Uh, the big thing I tell my guys is, you know, whatever supplements or, or food you're going to eat, you should always research yourself because it's your body if you're going to have a protein shake just because your friend had one you know do you yeah. actually know what you're putting into your body exactly and i always go off the ingredients list if there's a whole bunch of ingredients in there that i can't even pronounce yeah then that's uh, i'm not comfortable with having that so yeah, exactly the longer the list <laughs> the probably, more unlikely uh, yes perfect yeah. and perfect. also just going off um you know, if you're looking at building muscle, we usually just assume, yep, protein's our, our main helper, but it's actually um, proven with, with research again that if you're doing that physical activity for more than an hour, the best um, combination of recovery food within the first 30 minutes of finishing your workout is actually some carbohydrates with a bit of protein. So, for yep. example, some yogurt. Yep. That's got some carbs, that's got some protein, or you got some crackers and tuna. So if you don't have enough carbs after you finish your workout, you, you might end up feeling a bit depleted within your muscles. Does that sort of help? A study I read a while back, I can't tell you where it was from because I can't remember, but um, the carbs sort of helps to spike glucose levels, which helps the protein to work better. Because the, the bit I read was it was definitely a bodybuilding thing. And they said if you had something like five red frogs or f I can't remember, it, was a, it was a grammage of sugar, basically, um, as soon as yeah. you finish training and then have the protein shake that it would digest and synthesize a bit better. Is that sort of the, the idea behind that? That's one of the reasons. Another reason is that essentially the energy that you do use um, while you're in the gym or you're exercising, that energy comes from carbohydrates. Yep. So let's say you've used up all the energy because carbohydrates essentially turns into glucose, which is also stored in the muscles. Um, if you use up all that glucose, what ends up happening is you end up chewing your muscles. Yep the protein from your muscles and we want to replenish the glucose stores in the muscles rather than just topping up on more protein because if you've lost that it's not going to give you um that uh, overall effectiveness of your workout i suppose yeah. and similarly having a little bit of carbohydrate like a small piece of fruit or something before your workout can actually give you more energy to continue your workout throughout that time so for people who tend to do workouts on empty stomachs you might find that you get tired quite easily but if you add a, a little something something like a small fruit you might find that you are able to do your workout for a bit longer without feeling tired yeah i pers so personally i have a banana before my training um yeah. almost every session and the sessions that i don't have that banana i, I whether it's in my mind or not, I, I definitely don't feel as good um, yeah. in those sessions. So I, I would definitely agree with, with that, that uh, statement. Yeah. So he's living evidence <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, that. That flows perfect into the next question about carbs. So um, people seem to be afraid of carbs a little bit, I find, or um, 
in love with them a bit too much as well. Um, a lot of, a lot of people who I meet along my way of, of new clients and, and people who come in, they'll, they'll always, you always get someone who goes, I'm, I'm trying a carb free diet or I'm, I'm cutting out carbs completely. And I, I like to have a chat to them because carbs are almost in pretty much everything. So I ask them what they've eaten today and they'll usually tell me a list of things. I'll be like, that's got carbs in it. That's got carbs in it. And I'll ask yeah. where their carb free diets come from. So should people be afraid of carbs? Um, should people, kick them out should people add more in what's the go with with carbs um sometimes this makes me cringe when i listen <laughs> to to these things but i, I am um non-judgmental i guess yeah. <laughs> um so as i mentioned before carbs are a central source of energy without carbs your body will not be able to to make the the glucose that it needs for you to do your day-to-day activities but even um, things like your focus, you know, if you've, if you've got a job or you're studying and that requires focus, you might find that your focus is a little bit off if you're on a no-carb diet. So definitely you should not be afraid of carbs. It is an essential nutrient for your body. Um, and I guess the few things we do need to take into consideration, one, is are these carbohydrates processed or not? Because it's the processed carbohydrates or simple carbohydrates that we don't want to have too much of. And unfortunately, carbohydrates get a bad name mostly because of the simple or processed yeah. carbohydrates. That's like your white bread, your lollies, your chocolates, um, basically sugar or something that's been so processed that the fiber has been taken out. So the the message is that we do need carbohydrates, but it's very important to try and have the less processed, so high-fiber carbohydrates like your multigrain bread or your wholemeal bread or your high-fiber bread. Um, and the next important thing is to actually spread it out because if you think of carbohydrates giving you energy, when do you need energy? Is it just one part of the day? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. That's, that's generally what I try to chat to people about. It's like, carbs are basically your petrol aren't they if, you, if you're a car yes. like, you need you need that energy to go um yeah. through the day so if you cut them out completely it's like where, where the hell are you getting the energy from exactly and then the, the last thing to consider is of course the quantity you have so you might be spreading out your carbs but if you're having more than what your body's using that can be a bit of a an issue so it's about getting the right balance for you as well awesome awesome um, so talking about carbs and, and, and diets now, I guess, and once again, the, the word diet, I don't like to use it, but, um, it's going to be perfect in this one. There's a lot of fad diets out there. What, what's, what's your thoughts? Cause there's a lot of conflicting ones. Um, there's so many different things out there that can confuse people. I know just in my own experience, like I've got a few guys who do different things. Like I've got a couple of guys who do, um, I've forgotten what the word is now, the one where you cut out carbs. Um, was it paleo? No, no, no. Um, I'll come back to that one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so there's, there's a lot of conflicting diets and do this, don't do that. As you said, there's paleo. There's, there's, there's so many different ones. What, what's, what's your take on all of that? Obviously, we've talked about getting the right nutrients in, but what can people look to if they really want to give something a go of one of these things? What do they need to be cautious of? Yeah. So I would first suggest um, before you take on a new diet, if you're really wanting to, firstly, have a look at the evidence that's 
published on that diet. So we can get this information from anywhere now, which is sometimes a good thing, but in my case, it's not a good thing because okay. I end up having to correct it all at the other end. Yep. Um, so who's writing this information? Is it just someone who's a self-claimed nutritionist who's done a course for a month and they now know everything? Or is it someone who's actually done research in this area? Do they have to go off evidence-based work? Um, and also just considering how long is this sustainable for? Um, something that I often do if somebody comes to me saying, hey, I really want to do this diet, can you help me with it? Although it's not my choice at the end of the day, it's my role to see are you meeting all your nutritional requirements and if not how else can you make up for it what other foods can you include that you're comfortable to have so it's sometimes hard for us to be able to do all that on our own especially if we don't have that hat on yeah. um, and you're just going off information that's published but it's it's important to question these things where is it coming from What's the long-term effectiveness of this? You know, has there been any follow-up studies two years, five years, 10 years down the track? Or is this just something that worked for someone for, for five minutes and, and then there was nothing published after that? Yeah, I think so, the key thing there was evidence-based. Yes. It's, it's, there's a lot of experts now with social media going around. I know in my industry, it's the same. Like everyone's, everyone's an expert now on how to do certain things, like whether it's a lift in the gym you know, you, you get someone who's been in for five days and because they've trained at a gym, they're, they're now an expert on how to, how to do a squat perfectly, you know, when they don't look yeah. at the evidence based of, of why a movement is performed the way it's performed. Why do we, you know, drive our knees out? Why do we have to protect, get the glutes on and protect the back? Little things like that. Um, yeah. And that's where we see a lot of injuries come in. And the same, as you just said, like my, my goal in the gym, when people come in, the first thing is to keep them safe. So whatever their goal is, I will oblige by that, but I will be keeping them safe first and foremost. So if they want to be jumping around and doing high intensity stuff, I don't do too much of that, but I won't knock someone back. Um, but I will still make sure they go through my protocols of getting their glutes on, getting their core active, doing the movements correct so that they don't injure themselves um, because that can affect their life um, outside of the gym too. Yeah. That's right. So I guess, um, Dean, our role is to help people meet their goals, but in the safest way possible with all the evidence-based information that we have. Yep. Ketogenic. That's yep. the one I was trying to think of before. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe yep. I lost that word before. Um, yeah, I, I've, got, I've got a couple of clients who do ketogenic. Um, one's had massive, massive results with weight loss for it. Um, I can't remember the initial reason she got onto ketogenic, but um, we're actually trying to transition off it at the moment. Um, but yeah. going on evidence-based stuff as a, as a trainer, strength and conditioning coach, I, I never give nutritional advice. I will help set up calories and macros. And um, you'll be able to say yourself, I, I handball a lot of guys off to you um, for advice. And I do ask you a lot of questions um, yeah. to, to pass on to my guys. So uh, nothing yeah. I do is, is guest information. I don't Google and then tell them how they should eat or anything like that. I don't go outside of my scope. Yeah, and that's how you know that um, you, you've all got a very good personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach, Dean, to look, look <laughs> up to because he knows his um, area of expertise and, and that's what you really want in, in someone is knowing that 
they're honest and able to to direct you where you need more help where where they're not able to to go past that line so i think hats off to you for that and and good job and it's <laughs> always you. a pleasure working with you <laughs> thank you i appreciate that it's very very nice and um i think the the biggest thing i, I see in my industry is like you get like a, an Instagram picture of someone who's all ripped up with a six pack or, you know, the, the perfect body that, that um, apparently Instagram classifies as the perfect body and they'll give their exact diet or meal plan. And it's like, well, that might've worked for you, but you don't know the underlying health issues of someone. You don't know their, their mental state or anything like that, isn't it? Exactly. I actually know a podiatrist who's a, um, he, he does bodybuilding and he told me that people pay him $50 just to um, send off an example of what he's eating. He said, that's, that's, that's really crazy. easy for me to do. <laughs> you know, I'm a dietitian, right? I can help you with that. It's crazy. I think people just want that quick fix and they see someone who's yeah. got it and they go, well, if that person did it, I can do that too. But uh, they don't see the hard work that goes into it. You know, a lot of people who, who do post these photos of their, their amazing bodies and things they've achieved in the gym, it hasn't come from six months of training and, and eating chicken and broccoli. It's come from years and years yeah. of training and perfecting their art um, and That's eating right. well for a long amount of time. I mean, there's, there's not many quality trainers out there who do go outside the boundaries and excessively drink and, and smoke. I mean, there are ones who do and you know, that that's their choice, but they don't go outside those boundaries. So they do generally have good health and fitness. Yeah, that's right. So everyone should be treated as an individual and it's it's important to make sure that you you know that you are different from what this other person's going through and how we look at you and treat it as a different different case altogether yeah (laughs) um so moving on sort of getting towards the end of our chat um and we will be doing more chats so anyone who enjoyed this one we will be doing more with Davia as well we're going to do some more specific topics and uh do a lot more along the way but um what what's some myths i guess in in the the industry diet wise and nutrition that you think need to be squashed um and and sort of put out in public what, what's the biggest myths and, and that i guess i think we've covered a few of the main ones, for example, I need to eat a lot of protein to, to gain muscle. We, we know that it's not really that hard for us to meet our general eating requirements and a little bit more if you're training more. Um, also, how we talked about carbohydrates not being the bad guy. It's more so how much are you having? Is it processed or not processed? And the spread of the carbohydrates. Um and also, uh, I guess one thing I would like to get out there is a message, which is a common misconception, is that um, healthy eating is hard. <laughs> and I put healthy like this because, yes. again, I don't like using the word healthy. Um, but really, it's about finding things that you enjoy um, and things that you think, yes, I can see myself doing this for years to come it's a lifestyle so if you start thinking less of like this is a diet and more of like this is a lifestyle it will become easier for you um and i guess they're they're pretty much the main things that i come across especially in the fitness industry um you don't need to be just eating salads to to get to your 
goals. Um, a big one I like to do with my guys is, is I always tell them about trying to be creative on, think about the bad foods they like. So say your fast food, your McDonald's and tacos or whatever it might be, and then trying to create a healthy version of that meal. Um, yeah. So a lot of the guys we I train, we always talk about things like that. So we, we have like um, taco bowls or, or tacos with say a lettuce leaf for the shell instead of the, the actual shell or trying to make homemade burgers with, with lean mince, um, turkey mince, whatever it might be, substituting yeah. the burger bun out for something else, obviously getting rid of the chips, maybe sweet potato chips, just trying to create that bad meal, but in a good, in, in a much more healthier sense. So they get the feeling of they're still having that fun meal. Yeah. In a much more nutritious way. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> Probably one more main thing that um, I see and, you know, I, I've gone through it with many, many people is I've actually come across people who might just have one meal a day and they feel like having one meal a day is going to help them lose weight. But surprisingly, or not surprisingly, depends who you are, um, <laughs> having one meal a day can actually slow down your metabolism metabolism and if you do tend to break down your meal spread it out over a couple different times throughout the day you will actually start to speed up your metabolism along with the exercise as well Um, and you'll more likely be able to see your results that way rather than just having the one meal yeah and also keep in mind if you're having one meal it's very hard to get your whole day's worth of nutrition just from that one meal because you'd have to eat a lot yeah, be a massive meal <laughs> yeah yeah awesome awesome so, yeah um so how can we how can people get in touch with you d how what, what's your social media what's your what's your business how can people get in touch with you for sessions or appointments or anything like that yeah, so I am available on Facebook and Instagram as ABC of Nutrition. I've also got a website and there's a contact form on the website. If you wanted to jump on that, it's just www.abcofnutrition.com.au. I'm also available by email, so it's just abcofnutrition at gmail.com. And in case you wanted to send me a text or give me a buzz, I'm available on 0450 683 um, and on my website also you'll be able to find some blogs and posts that I've written up I've got one on immunity up there as well so I'll send that message to you to put up with this video perfect I will pop all the information below and in the emails I send out to anyone watching this uh, wherever it may go do yourself a favor contact D it is well worth uh, booking an appointment with her, especially gut health or just simply fixing up your nutrition. Um, thank you very much D for today. That was awesome. Um, as I said, we'll be doing more chats with Devia as we go through. So if anyone has questions, email uh, storming.fitness at gmail.com or you can email Devia direct as well. So thank you. Thanks Dean. And thanks everyone for watching. <laughs> awesome. Thanks D. I will see you later. Bye. Stay well. Bye.